0: This is the SSBI Podcast. This is all about Microsoft Power BI. My name is Lars Schreiber. A happy Moin from Hamburg, Germany and welcome to today's experts talk of the SSBI Podcast. My guest today is Andre Lapaine from Ljubljana, Slovenia. He's the founder and CEO of Zebra BI, a company that designs and programs amazing-looking, responsive and user-friendly visualizations for Microsoft Power BI and Microsoft Excel. Hello to Ljubljana. Hello, Andrei.
1: Hi, hi Lars, and uh, hello to everybody out there. Uh, hi from rainy
0: Ljubljana. Just because we're in those crazy times, how how do you feel? Are all your beloved ones healthy and happy? I hope so.
1: Yeah, luckily uh, everybody that I know, my my family and uh, my co-workers are all okay and uh, healthy. So I wish the same for everybody else listening to to the podcast, and uh, hope that the situation with the coronavirus will improve in the in the future.
0: Yeah, I think that that's something we are all hoping and wishing. So crossing our fingers. Um, Andre, I'm pretty sure many of the Power BI community members already know what Zebra BI is, and many of them will know your name and maybe your face also. But um, I prepared a couple of questions, and I'm really happy that you agreed on um, discussing them with me. And if you're okay with it, I would start diving into those.
1: Sure, sure, Lars. Go ahead. Great.
0: Um, first one, the the acronym IBCS stands for International Business Communication Standards. And you're one of the founding members of IBCS. So what is it about and what problems does it solve?
1: Yeah, uh, I am one of the uh, founding members of, of the IBCS. So the uh, International Business Communication Standards are... Um, sort of proposals or recommendations uh, for a consistent design of reports, dashboards and presentations. Um, so basically, these are uh, guidelines for designing charts and tables and, uh, uh, you know, including uh, chart types, colors, labeling, scaling, lots of details. Um, and. Um, what are they trying to solve? I mean, they, they definitely tackle the problem of messy reporting in, in companies where, uh, you know, people are using different types of tools, different methodologies, different colors, different uh, report types and so on. So you've got um, accounting departments uh, producing uh, heavy tables with numbers uh, accurate to do to two decimal points. And then on the other hand, you have marketing people and, and salespeople producing 3D pie charts and, and, and you know, uh, using different tools, um, different knowledge in data visualization, different ideas of what is, uh, what is a good report or what is a nice report and, and which is uh, of, uh, a nice color. And then all of this is actually being communicated to to their bosses, to the management, and so on. And in the end, I mean, if you do a uh, if you do an audit of of what of, of all the reports and dashboards and the presentations that are being produced in, in a in a company, and you just look at them, look at all of that material, you'll, you'll see that. I mean, it's just a mess. There's no, um, uh, typically there's no initiative to uh, to do this in a consistent way to make sure that everybody is producing understandable and actionable um, reports and dashboards and communication, uh, other business communication, right? So the um, international business, communica- the business communication standards try to solve that problem by a few. Um, initiatives, um, recommendations, and so on. So, uh, I'd say it's actually a quite a comprehensive, um, comprehensive set of of rules and guidelines um, that try to, you know, describe certain best practices and just uh, um, try to propose certain certain. Uh, best practices certain ways how people should do that in a company how people should do that in a consistent way um, and and a better way and because the um, the standard itself is quite complex um, so that's why it's um, delivered in in three layers or let's say three chapters Um, there are conceptual rules um, which helps structure business content. Um, by using, you know, appropriate storylines, messaging and, and organizational of, of your dashboards and, and presentations and so on. So these are purely conceptual rules, how to structure your material, organize your material. And this is mostly based on the work of, of Barbara Minto, for example. And then there's the second layer, which is more, uh, which is actually the data viz uh, layer. It's called the uh, uh, perceptual rules. Uh, and it just tackles um, basic data visualization um, problems like, uh, you know, delivering the right chart type for the right message. Um Uh, how to design elements on on a chart right everything you know to to how to label uh, which data labels and uh, to use where to place them and so on details like that and then more important stuff like um, uh, ensuring that your charts don't lie uh, that you have proper scaling uh, in in your you know uh, presentations or dashboards um, that you're using um, um, that you're delivering clean and understandable visualizations um, that make sense and that avoid uh, the lie factor and things like that. So this is the second uh, second chapter, I would say. And then there's the third one, which is the most interesting, I would say, and, and, and for sure the most important. Uh, it's called the semantic layer, the semantic rules of the IBCS standard, which actually try to prescribe... Uh, a certain design for a specific meaning and this is a new idea in in um, in business communication in in data visualization um i mean in in the business data visualization actually so uh, for example if you're um, reporting um, the performance of actual versus plan uh, the standard will propose um, certain visual uh, ways how you do that like uh, the plan, for example, should be presented as an outline so because a plan is sort of an outline for the next year which you which you kind of have to fill up with your actuals right when you do the sales uh, so that's why the the visual representation uh, as recommended by the i b c s standard um, um, is that you use an outline, so a border around your columns, for example, in a column chart. You just use the border for the plan, and then you use a full, like a field column for the actuals, right? And then, if you're using uh, forecasts or estimations and so on, then you do the hatched pattern, right? So, um, and 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 things like that. So, basically, if there's the same meaning, it should look the same. And uh, if the meaning is, is different, uh, if you're representing something completely different, then you're using a different notation. So, um, so it's all about consistency, right? And uh, it's quite important. I think it's that it's probably the, the first. Uh, worldwide initiative um, to have a consistent, standardized way of delivering business um, business reports and other means of business business or other products of of business communication. I, I would say.
0: Um, you you talked about um, consistency and comparability, so that um, charts with the same meaning do look the same, not only in the same department, but and the the whole company, and even uh, between different companies in different regions. So, independently on where it is uh, presented, it should look the same if it's budget or if it's forecast or if it's uh, actual. And uh, that's yeah. that's a pretty good thing, I think. When I saw um, those visuals the first time, I thought, "Wow, how boring is this?" But it's uh, in in my understanding, it's about communicating and um bringing the message to to the audience and uh being fancy there isn't isn't the right place to be right
1: yeah exactly exactly i mean uh they don't have to they don't have to look boring i i think that's one of the misconceptions of the ibcs standard but i mean just imagine yourself driving a car right and then uh you know you 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 have a traffic sign um, you're driving and you see the traffic sign and the traffic sign is round and it's blue and it has a white arrow pointing right, for example. You see the sign and you know immediately what you have to do. You just simply have to turn uh, right, okay? Um, so it's, why can you, why can you drive without, um, you know, without a, a lot of problems? Because you can, uh, you understand the signs because the signs are simple, the signs are intuitive, but most of all, the signs don't change from street to street or from city to city, right? Uh, even if you go from your city to the next city, right, you'll see exactly the same traffic sign, the same color, the same shape, uh, <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and so on, right? And even if you go to another country, you can still drive. You don't have to stop at each traffic um, uh, traffic sign and, and you know... Um, pull out your manual for traffic signs and, and check what does this mean now uh, it would just be a complete mess so standards like that uh, definitely help um, you know help us help us live and they help us communicate uh, or, or on a map for example if you see a blue line on a, on a, on a map uh, you know that this is water this is probably a river, right? So you wouldn't um, mark roads on on, on a map uh, with the blue color because we do understand that, you know, the, the blue color represents a river, right? Uh, and although every map uh, contains a little legend at the bottom, when was the last time that you actually read a, a label on a map, right? So if you do it... Uh, in an intuitive way, if you do it in the right way, um, then people will not lose the time to even understand a chart or a dashboard or a report or a presentation. Right? They will they will just understand it. So that's the that's the big idea behind the standard. If you're just doing, if you're just uh, rendering, displaying the same data categories. Uh, um, in exactly the same way all of the time, and if your colleagues are doing that and and if other departments in your company are doing that in exactly the same way and um and even if your company is doing this in exactly the same way as another company um you know it just gets it just gets uh, much 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 easier to um, to understand the reports you simply get used to certain shapes and colors and you exa- you know exactly what what they mean right um they they don't have to be boring uh they are i i, I don't think they are boring right um and uh it's not that like uh, it's not really that, like the exact color codes are not really um prescribed uh by by the standard right so actually they used to be uh ten years ago, but now they are not so so there are just uh certain recommendations like for example, use the uh red and green color because it 's just simply intuitive uh just use green color for positive variance so if you have a positive growth of your sales, you would use the the, the green color um to indicate the good growth right and and similarly for the negative growth you you would use a red color and even this is not a um, is not a strict uh strict recommendation there are no rgb codes or 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 something for for the exact red and green colors and of course you can and you should use um like slightly bluish or blue color instead of green um, uh, for the color uh, you know to compensate for uh, color vision deficiencies um, if you have or expect that you will have a situation where um, you know, people uh, could have um, uh, color vision deficiencies and, and, and so on. So this is all part of the standard,
0: actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if this is something you can tell, but um, do you have an idea how many companies in the world are already using this standard? How much is it spread all over the world?
1: um yeah i don't have the exact number but uh definitely i would say probably most of the um, companies in the german-speaking areas are following the the standards already uh so all the the, the bigger bigger companies like uh, uh, bosch henkel um uh, bsf um, daimler and you know all, all the big ones uh are are using the standards already and it's being spread um it's spreading out uh, it's Spreading to other countries, um, uh, companies like um, like Coca Cola, for example, and and other companies are are using that. Uh, also, uh, of course, all of our <laughs> all of our users also yeah. use IBCS because Zebra BI is actually um, is certified for for IBCS as a tool. So even even if the users don't don't know that they are using the IBCS, they are actually using the IBCS uh, notation because it's just part of the part of the tool. Um, so yeah, so I would say quite a, quite a lot of companies and and especially. It's, it's spreading quite fast.
0: Good, which leads me to the next question. Um, you are the founder and CEO of Zebra BI, which is a company that produces so-called custom visuals for Power BI and Microsoft Excel. So uh, what do you do there? What exactly do your products look like?
1: Uh, yeah, we are we are developing. So we, we are basically a f- software development uh, company. We develop uh, advanced data visualization tools for, um, yeah, for at the moment for for Excel and for for Power BI. Um, but the key part is uh, the you know advanced data visualization methods. Um, uh, we try to deliver them to the business users, analysts, and BI professionals who create dashboards, reports, and presentations. Um and we want to enable them to do this uh, in a few clicks. So that's quite quite important uh, this part of uh, you know uh, user experience of our product and so on. We just want to enable people to deliver better um, reports, better dashboards, uh, which which at least to to my in my opinion uh, it boils down to two words understandable and, and actionable. Um, Right. So um, it's hard to describe how they look like over the, you know, with uh, only the audio, but (laughs) Um, um, we do have, um, we do have features um, features like uh, advanced small multiples. Um, uh, We support advanced charts. Our, Tool is um, uh, both of our tools, uh, both both of our products, uh, namely for Excel and for Power BI, I, IBCS certified. So they do support um, the IBCS standard 100, percent but they go they, they go beyond just the standard, right? So the standard is just the you know the bottom layer. Uh, the more important part is that that we want users to become um, the real self-service BI users where they just take the tool basically just grab their data fields right and just throw them on a canvas and then the tool would try to produce the most meaningful presentation or representation of the data that's actually our our main goal so we try to deliver automatic or at least semi-automated data visualization uh, through the advanced um, data visualization methods And uh, in order to do that, we had to um, invent a couple of um, um, innovative, I would say, user experience ideas. Uh, For example, our visuals are fully responsive. So um, somebody mentioned that these are the world's first fully responsive (laughs) BI visuals uh, because they actually respond to the uh, space available. So it's not just, you know, you create a chart and then... Uh, you make the chart bigger, and you get a bigger chart, right? So you basically communicated uh, the exactly same amount of information, but only, you know, you just only made, make it bigger. So it means that you have just used more space. And if you use more space for exact same information, you ba- you, you in fact Decrease the information density, right? Um, so that that's that's a common problem of all the BI tools, right? So so Zebra BI works slightly differently. Um, if you have a small amount of space, you know you will get a, a compact presentation. You will get, for example, the chart of sales, and then um, like the variance to previous year, the growth from previous year will be in the same chart, like integrated in the same chart but then you make the chart bigger and then those little variances will, will pop out and will actually render two charts. And if it's even bigger, BI uh, will calculate relative growth rates and will present them with another chart, right? All within the same visual. So it, uh, uh, in the end, it looks like that, you know, it works like, like magic, but it's really just a responsive visualization. Um, then we have, I don't know, then we have a chart slider. So for example, the same chart uh, the same visual can um, render different types of charts, uh, but we just made the, the experience uh, different. Like for example, if you have lots of pictures on your mobile phone, right? You will just open an app and you will simply slide with your finger or just click, click a, a, a little button on the right side, uh, you know, to see the, the to see the next picture, and and so the experience. Uh, within Zebra BI is is the same. You simply, you know, you throw in the data uh, to the visual, you'll get a chart. um, And then if you're not satisfied with that chart, you'll simply click on the chart slider, right? So that's another idea that we had and it's implemented in our visuals for Power BI, just to slide between different charts with with an extremely, extremely um, smooth um, user experience, I would say right and that's uh, i think that's that's kind of kind of important to make the things uh, make the things really easy for,
0: for the end users yeah and that was really impressive for me when i saw it the first time not only that your visuals look really really great this is nothing um, this is something I, r- I really believe not nothing i just say. Um, but it's kind of you integrate or one of the visuals into your report and, f- and it feels like you have 20 of them because, as you say, the responsiveness makes it possible to have um, deviation columns and, and further information. The bigger you make the, um, the visual, the more information you get. And you have these buttons on the left and on the right side to switch between visuals so that you never know how many visuals you have when you integrate one of your Zebra BI products. It's really, really amazing.
1: Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually the uh, the initial idea even before we started developing for for Power BI, right? Uh, and it's it's a different approach right uh, the standard approach in approach in every bi tool is all right I'll create a chart and then you you know you you create a chart and then you open the settings pane right and then you start tweaking the settings you know to to adjust the labels you know to adjust the colors to adjust this to adjust that so you know you spend like half an hour uh, just for one chart and then you bring in another chart right uh, and another and another and you uh, you know is slowly work your way, you know, uh, into building a full report page. And the concept in Zebra BI is, is uh, slightly different. You know, you just, the Zebra BI will do that for you. It will just render multiple charts, um, which means that, you know, the time of developing of um, of, of reports and dashboards is, is dramatically uh, decreased. Um, but uh, that's not the only... Um, that's not really the only or it's it's not even the main um, advantage of this method uh, the main advantage is that you know the the, the visual itself will present um, the most interesting information right we just did uh, I'm not sure if you saw the our, our last um, our last report that we did like a, a public dashboard um, where we um, visualized the um, stock market uh, trends for the top 200 companies around the world right which is you know actually a lot of data so it's so it's top 200 companies uh it's daily um uh, daily stock market values um and all the changes and trends and so on and and in the end it's rendered in one zebra bi visuals so one visual one zebra visual actually renders 200 um 200 charts at once right which gives us certain other possibilities all the charts are scaled so for example if if you know if if one company grows for uh um grows or 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 declines for 50 percent and another one will will um, grow for 10 percent you will actually see the difference because both charts are rendered uh in the same scale or in uh, in other words, like the Y axis is synchronized across all uh, 200 charts by by default, right? So you'll actually understand the true the true um, you know extent of, of 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 the growth, or you know, um, in other situations like the the. The true importance of uh, of uh, of sales in one business unit um, compared to another business unit, and this is I think crucial um, to make reports and dashboards really understandable because you you learn when you make visual comparisons. And you can only make visual comparisons if if things are rendered to the same scale, right. So these are, you know, these are then like the uh, secondary um, um, (laughs) benefits of of the visualizations uh, of of the methods that we are using. Um, But yeah, they they definitely decrease the time of, of Building and designing reports and dashboards, extremely enormously. Like for example, I just uh, I just listened to the podcast of uh, Dr. Jürgen um, Feist from the IBCS Institute um, just a few days ago. Actually, he had a podcast with uh, Miko Yuck, uh, Miko Yuck, and um, yeah, he was explaining the story of of Philips, um, how Philips got uh you know involved in the ibcs um ibcs standard and so on and how they tried to roll it out and it took them three years to do that right so that's uh that's uh, uh i would say that that's a realistic uh, or practical problem of the ibcs standard it's it's fantastic it's great, but it's so comprehensive and, 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 and so on that, that it has this, this huge problem. It takes too much time, right? So, mm-hmm. so the tools are critical and good tools. Smart tools are critical, especially today when you have big data, you know, when everybody wants to have self-service BI, being fast, you know, you have your data sets, they're exposed out there. So, so you, need, you need much, much better tools uh, and they need to work in a different way than they used to work uh, 10 years ago. Mm, agree, and you have
0: uh, two of those tools in your toolbox. Um, so you're producing two visuals for Power BI. I think it's the Power Chart and the Power Table, and um, those are of course used by your customers. I think mainly in the finance departments, but other other areas um, that mainly use your products. Where is it used mainly?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, so we, basically we, we have two products. We have uh, Zebra BI Visuals for Power BI and we have Zebra BI Add-in for Excel. Um, so these are like equivalent, uh, equivalent I would say, um, so they can produce similar things, but they are like the experience of using a, Z- a Zebra BI Add-in for Excel is more tailored to an Excel user. It follows, you know, uh, typical... Uh, use patterns within Excel, while in Power BI they, they work in a slightly different way uh, because the experience in a self-service BI tool uh, like Power BI is is different, of course, than than, than in Excel, right? And um, uh, and yeah, and then uh, within within Power BI we have Zebra BI charts and Zebra BI tables. These are two two visuals which kind of uh, work together um and they are mostly um well they are typically they are used in in finance um at at start i would say so this is typically this the starting point would be financial reporting and um probably sales dashboards like sales versus actual uh, sales versus plan or like cost reporting um cost versus budget reporting and and dashboarding so these are the these are the typically the first applications uh, but uh, yeah then then our clients are using it for many many different things around uh, this this is definitely not um, not limited um, um, to financial reporting so we have clients who are using a lot of lots of our clients are using it in uh, like market research um, market research that's quite interesting and very important, like crucial data in in, uh, in certain types of companies where they follow, you know, their, their market shares and that they benchmark their products or brands uh, versus their competitors. Um, so it's quite important data. Um, then we have clients who are using this uh, like for health and safety dashboards, uh, HR reporting, right? HR reporting reporting is, is, is huge. Um, and, uh, you know, they're kind of uh, left behind, typically, the, the people who need to produce all of those HR reports. You know, they're not in the focus many times and they struggle producing their reports. Uh, so they're quite happy if they get a, a better tool. Um, and then there's the whole world of operational reporting, like in um, production, supply chain reporting, you know, things like on-time delivery and, and, and so on, um, inventory and, and other, other areas. So, I would say all, all the business areas mostly. So, um, um, like use cases that you would normally encounter in, in business intelligence Um, they can be covered uh, by by Zebra BI quite well, I think. Uh, But then there's the whole world of maybe more scientific uh, data visualization where we don't really focus uh, on at the moment, at least.
0: Andre, in in preparation of this interview, I had a couple of looks to your website, zebrabi.com, and um, you have this... Uh, picture of all the customers you're working with, and that was pretty impressive, uh, for me at least. And um, there are customers like BASF and Coca-Cola and um, Pricewater's Coopers and, and even Microsoft itself. So, without mentioning names, of course, do you have an example of how your visuals have changed the work of your clients?
1: Um yeah, um, we do get a lot of feedback from our clients and uh, actually we try to stay uh, in as close contact as possible with all of our users. Um, so we, we do get a lot of a lot of feedback, a lot of usage patterns and uh, we, we learn from that, of course, and we try to, you know, in order for us to, to to try to deliver even a better product, we need to understand um, uh, the the true uh, what the users are doing with our product and how it's changing their their uh, patterns. Uh, are they being successful in in their data exploration and so on? So I would say, um, um, well, the the, the the number one feedback pattern is um, they. They do tell us that they spent much less time preparing their reports and that they can now focus on exploring, um, exploring the data, exploring the problems that they have, investigate causes and then, you know, uh, analyze them and propose solutions and, and take action. So that that's like the common thread i would say so um people users usually thank us for that that you know they finally now they can focus on on the actual <laughs> on their actual job which is you know to analyze data and uh, propose uh, the actions propose solutions uh, to to the problem so um um so i would say it's uh, making them more more productive but mostly the the pattern is uh, is that they finally can um Focus on, on the um, on the insights and, and, and on communicating those you know insights to their managers and uh, analyze and propose the, the, the solutions, which is which is actually the you know the the basic goal of every yeah. BI system. I would say uh, it's been it's been a promise since the nineties, but uh, I think uh, we are getting there. Uh, only now we are really getting there. <laughs> cool. Um Andre with
0: your product you concentrate exclusively on Microsoft technology because you're doing it for Microsoft Power BI and Microsoft Excel. Um does this have a special reason why aren't there extensions for ClickSense or similar products for Tableau?
1: Um well um I would say, uh, first of all, of course, uh, Microsoft is at the moment a clear market leader in, in BI. So it has uh, it has really great uh, BI offering uh, with um, the combination of, of Power BI and, and Excel. It's, it's, it's a clear market leader here. Um, so I would say that's probably a, a business decision. Uh, and it's also a little bit of a legacy uh, because I did a lot of work in Excel, um, years, years and years ago, right. So it was kind of the natural uh, Excel was the natural um, platform for us to, to start, really. And then when uh, Power BI came um, came to the scene, it 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 was quite clear that uh, it will probably become the market the market leader. Um, um, even a few years ago, right. I, I think it was cl- quite clear um that it 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 will probably prevail in in the future so so it was uh, you know interesting for us to to follow that i mean we we know practically all the all the tools on the market. So even me, as a as a consultant from from my I would say previous career or previous years, I've worked with uh, I work with everything. I mean, I was even the one of the probably one of the first uh, resellers of Tableau years and years ago. So it's two thousand and six or two thousand and seven. Um, but uh, you know the the, the Power BI just sounded. Um, the most interesting uh in terms of you know being a disruptive new new player and uh, it was uh, sort of a natural fit for us um and then there's another reason which is you, you know we cooperate with microsoft really well um, we have good connections um, we you know we oper- operate with a, f- a few product managers on on Microsoft side they're very supportive um, um, you know they're trying to, to to help us and they they, they value the partners uh, a lot so that's uh, kind of uh, those are probably the the main reasons. Although of course I must say that um, we do get requests um, from from many people you know um, whether we have uh, plans to deliver our solutions for other platforms like like Click and Tableau obviously also some other ones um, and it's something that we've been considering for a long time and uh, you know we constantly have this on our uh, agenda um and it's uh, hard to talk uh, right now about about uh, any definite plans but uh, it's um, you know th- th- at the moment there's there's no technical uh, reason or limitation why we wouldn't do that it's it's uh, primarily um, a business decision at the moment so um. Uh, but of course, everything can can change. So we are not uh, we are not tied to um, in 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 certain dramatic ways to to the technology of Microsoft or, or so on. So the thing, what we are basically we are doing we are interested in in, in advanced data visualization. We have. Um, um, we have a data technological platform that can run, you know, it's it's web technology, it's it's all you know cloud technology, web technology. So uh, it's easy to to port this to any kind of uh, platform. So uh, we'll we'll see what the future brings. But uh, I definitely value um, value the uh, offering of of Microsoft there clearly the ones who have the the incredible team in Power BI are uh, moving fast and uh, doing things the right way, so it's kind of a natural feat for us. Understood. Um,
0: your visuals have recently been certified by Microsoft, I think a couple of months ago, is that correct?
1: Yeah, uh, November 2019,
0: November last year. So half a year. Can you explain to our listeners what this means maybe to them and what's the benefit of it?
1: Oh yeah. Um that was a uh, that was quite a uh, <laughs> that was quite a quite a painful process. Um it took a lot of time actually. Uh the benefits are um the benefits are well um you probably know that uh, there are lots of um, custom visuals visuals for for Power BI that are not produced so they are produced like by third party um software uh, providers like 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 us, right? But uh, you know um, they have different backgrounds and so on and 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 uh, Microsoft um, um, has this program for the serious ones uh, for serious producers um, um, uh, to certify the visuals which means that they actually, you know, review the code and do a lot of stuff. We can talk about details later. But the clear, so the the, the first benefit is that Microsoft um, um, guarantees that the visuals are safe, right? Mm. So that's number one requirement. It's very, very strict. So the visuals uh, cannot... Uh, so cannot send uh, any kind of information outside of, of 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 the Visual or of the Power BI service. Um, it cannot even ping any outside services and so on. So so Microsoft makes sure that all that the Visual does is it gets. You know, it gets the data from Power BI and just simply renders the data, right? Which is, of course, fine with us. And uh, it's exactly what we do. So um, we didn't have any any problems with that. Um, we also have, yeah, large clients like and, and banks and insurance companies and, and yeah, uh, clients like Microsoft, Facebook and others, you know, who are really cautious about their data security. So, uh, yeah, the certificate is just another, you know, it's actually Microsoft's Stamp that the visual is actually secure, uh, so that I would say that that's number one. Um, number two, by being c- certified, the visuals are then have almost the same status as the uh, native Power BI visuals, right? So, so they just uh, there is no limitation; they work like a native visual in all the scenarios. Um, predominantly, for example, things that are not available to non-certified uh, visuals um, uh, that might be potentially dangerous, like plin- printing from, from the cloud, um, exporting to PDF and, and PowerPoint from the cloud, um, using, uh, using the visuals in email subscriptions. So all of those features uh, work, um, work nicely with Zebra BI now since uh, it's uh, certified, uh, right?
0: And um, I think these these additional features that are only available for uh, certified uh, visuals are pretty interesting. At least I did not know that in, in that detail. But you already mentioned that it was a hard process to get this um, product certified. Why was it so hard? What did you struggle with?
1: Uh, it's not that we we struggled with um because we actually followed those um we followed those um Guidelines for certified visuals, even before the the visual was uh, certified, right? So uh, even from the start, I mean, we we knew what the visual, what the guidelines are. They are published publicly by by Microsoft, so everybody can read. Uh, you know what's the criteria and so on. Uh, so our visuals were already you know safe and everything before that. But yeah, as you mentioned, uh, all of those additional features like uh, printing from the cloud or you know exp- exporting to to. Power, PowerPoint predominantly, or using the visuals in email, automated email subscriptions. Um you know, of course, our clients wanted to have that, so so it was clearly our goal to, to have the visuals certified. Um uh, but um so the, the the process is very long and it takes a lot of revision, so there are detailed Code revisions. Um, Microsoft needs to actually revises, you know, the, the the code, the source code, and since our visuals are quite, um, you know, uh, quite extensive, so they are not just like like any other. Or most of the other visuals that simply render, you know, uh, a certain chart type or something like that. You know, we have a whole concept uh, and different chart types and, and multiples and everything and tables and charts and combinations. So it's a lot of code, and um, yeah, we just needed to. Um, uh, it just took a lot of time and a lot of um, uh, a lot of rounds uh, to do that. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I imagine that. Uh, I guess that also on on Microsoft side, you know, they needed time to <laughs> to do the the the, uh, the audits and 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 so on, right? And then there were some some other um, um, requirements that that are not publicly documented, and you know, it was just a part of a process. We were not uh, we did not uh, know about those requirements uh, completely uh, to all the you know to to the last detail in in front of that. So we we just needed to learn that um, in the process. Um, So it took took time, right? And uh, yeah. Uh, Also, we needed to put our visuals to the app source. Uh, That's also a huge change. So um, only the visuals that are served from Microsoft servers, which meaning Microsoft app source, marketplace can be certified so we needed to do certain changes um and there are certain limitations how you do your licensing right so we needed to change a few things from before um we actually needed to drop a few quite nice features i would say uh because of that so it was a little bit of a trade-off uh, for us as well um for example we had uh we had a nice way how to personalize the visual for every each and every uh, customer. Actually, the customer could tweak the design even before they downloaded the visual. So it was the design was already embedded in the visual, which is, again, one of the, uh, I would say, innovative ideas. But we just had to ditch that uh, once we went to uh, the app source. Uh, but fortunately, now there's another way to do it, which is a native way in, in Power BI, uh, using the custom themes and JSON themes uh, so, so it's fine again. Uh, so there were some, some you know migrations like that that we just needed to take care of. Hmm.
0: So um, in the end, it seems to be worth it to to try to get it certified. Uh, you said uh, Microsoft was reviewing your code, so they were going through your source code line by line and looking for some some problems. Or what did they do? uh yeah
1: yeah that's also one of the that's one of the um items on on on, uh, on on in this certification process yeah you need to uh expose your code um you know create a, a github repository put you know upload your code and uh, make it available for microsoft uh, you know to review it uh so that's what they did yeah absolutely they they are looking for certain patterns in the code um i'm I'm not completely of course even we don't know exactly how that looks like right so Mm. it's it's a certification it's supposed to be uh, secure and so on so i imagine of course that they are looking at certain patterns they're they're reviewing codes line by line uh, in certain cases and probably do some searches and uh, tests you know and 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 so on maybe some network tests and things like that
0: so congrats again for being certified thanks at at the end of of this interview because i'm done with all my questions um could you please tell us something about your history your personal history in the information design field and maybe also the history of zebra bi how did did you build this company up
1: oh that's a long story (laughs) okay i'll try to cut it cut it short um well i used to um i actually started as a consultant so um, I was uh, doing a lot of consulting work mentoring um, mentoring um, doing trainings and uh, especially I did implementation projects uh, um, for reporting planning analysis uh, using different types of tools everything from from uh, uh, Tableau and and uh, OLAP tools in the late 90s, um, like multidimensional OLAP, you know the the, the cubes, right? I hope you re- still remember that. So I was a proper OLAP, multidimensional OLAP guy, <laughs> uh, 10 or, or 15 years ago. Did a lot of implementation of that using different tools, including uh, also then at later point uh, SQL analysis services, the mu- multidimensional at that point. Um, um I was a reseller for for Tableau for a really short period of time. Uh, it was way ahead of time at least for our Eastern European or southern European region here um at that point, but I love the concept of 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 Tableau. Uh that was like 2006 to st- 2007 I would say. Uh, then we did everything. I mean, uh, reporting services, um, uh, ProClarity, um, SAP Business Objects, di- different types of tools. Uh, uh, you know, Click, ClickView, and and other tools. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, the uh, the feedback for, from the client uh, from the clients was was always like, "Oh, that's really great." But um, now, now imagine this. This was like two thousand and and. 2007 2008 right um and everybody was like oh can can you do that in excel can you do that in excel and it was just so many requests to to build reports uh in excel right to help people uh, create reports in excel so i kind of got specialized uh, kind of specialized for excel um and that involved a lot of uh, hacking of the, the charting component in, in Excel. Um, <laughs> and as we as I was doing that, you know, I, I just became increasingly interested in, in, uh, in, in delivering uh, in delivering you know good good reports and, and good data visualization in in Excel. Because my 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 actual background is I I studied computer science and painting, uh, you know, in parallel. So, uh, so I was always like a visual type, and uh, yeah, I studied Tufte, Edward Tufte, and you know, Jacques Bertin, and uh, other uh, gurus of data visualization. That that was always my my passion. So. I'd, and uh, yeah, so I tried to, to bring this uh, to, to Excel. And at that point, um, there was also um, a major turnaround in, in, in my personal story because in, I think in 2000, in the beginning of 2007, I was working for a consulting company here. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I, I've learned that, that Dr. Rolf Hichert. Who was actually one of the founders of the company that I was uh, of the like the German principal of the company that I was working remotely here for? Uh, actually, was uh, working on a proposal for you know um, for data visualization, for business data visualization and and reporting and so on. And I heard about that and and I saw some pictures. It was it was all it was all in German, so I I could only <laughs> understand. I could only understood like like. Uh, 20% of it, right? But the visual material was just so convincing. Um, And uh, so I I wanted to go to this, uh, to attend the um, um, training and I said to my employer, "Oh, this this is this is a great concept. I would love to attend this training. It's in Switzerland. You know, uh, can I do that and so on?" And and uh, yeah. And at that point, my boss said, "Well, you know, this is not so important. You know, we need to mm-hmm. you know implement our you know databases. That's our course, you know thing. And it's, it's this is not really important. It's like it's it's just a little bit of a makeup. You know, in the end, it's you know it's not important. And and but I believed in it." Uh, and um, so what I did is uh, I just took a vacation and paid for the whole thing myself. And uh, it was in Switzerland, uh, two days. No, that <laughs> so I think I invested my one or two of my monthly salaries for that <laughs> just from out of my own pocket. Um, I went there. I met Dr. Rolf Um uh, We had a, a few long talks. I still remember those those talks and when I came back I just uh, I quit um, I quit my job Uh, I created my own consulting company immediately (laughs) immediately like like in a few weeks (laughs) (laughs) because it was clear that that's exactly what I want to do it was the last piece of the puzzle right yeah um and, uh, yeah, I had no, no clients, nothing, but I uh, just started uh, offering some trainings and so on. And um, and so it went. And then after, after like seven or eight years of doing that uh, in 2014, um, it just became clear to me, you know, that we need to do so much manual work. There's no way you can, you know, implement uh, IBCS standards Manually, I mean, you can do that, but it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you, you you just need like an hour, one hour to create one chart and then you need to change something. It's, it's just not, you know, it's the old way. And with um, one hour, you're already
0: quick. I, I remember I bought a, wi- a video. <laughs> uh, it was still on DVD um, uh, by, by Rolf Hichert and his, his company. And uh, it was about how to build um, IBCS charts. Back then it was still uh, called Hichert Charts. Uh, yep. in In Excel, and it was just for bar charts, and I think the video was seven yep. hours long. How to build <laughs> one single bar chart was so yeah. overdone. <laughs>
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's the perfect bar chart, but you know, who, who can uh, invest two hours or, or seven hours for one chart, right? Yeah. And then you have to build uh, another one, you know, a waterfall chart, mm. you know, which probably takes two times more. But then, you know, when you're, when you're working for a client, and then you imagine, oh, now this is, you know, they have 14 business units, wouldn't it be nice if I now had like to 14 waterfall charts all scaled with the growth rates and everything, right? And then you just imagine, oh no, this is probably a, 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 week, uh, a, week, a week of week work, yeah. of, 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 of work, uh, right? And uh, so, you know, while I was doing that, I, I just had this, uh, you know, oh, I, I would just, I just need, you know, a button here to click here and it needs to, so I had the whole product in my head after 10 years of, of doing that. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, finally I just decided, I said, well, well, if, if nobody else is doing it, um, uh, you know, we'll just, we'll just do it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I put on, uh, I, I put out an ad, uh, actually I programmed the first version myself. Uh, it was, uh, uh, it, was a, uh, it worked terribly <laughs> it worked terribly, but the idea was there, and uh, it was enough to, to to get some attention from a few people and I was able to attract uh, my uh, my cTO actually a uh, really great guy, Mitya Bezenchek, who is our CTO right now. Mm-hmm. He joined me and we, uh, yeah we started programming uh, we, we got some ideas how to do it, how to do it in a really nice way in Excel and um yeah we programmed everything uh, and uh, also thanks to media um we we came out with a really good uh, beta version and then we had the beta version one year that was in 2013 and in 2014 we started our commercial uh <laughs> operations like trying to sell this now uh over the internet so we needed to learn a lot learn a lot uh not just you know how to build products but uh also how to um how to show them to the work to the world you know how to do the sales and marketing and everything but uh, yeah in uh, yeah in, in six years since then uh, we have learned a, a thing or two about that uh, also so now it's a little bit easier of course and uh, the team is has grown and the, the products have uh, have grown and we have two products now and uh, it's everything is is professional uh but we just started with uh, as a two two man band uh, in a really really small office somewhere.
0: <laughs> and has has uh, Rolf had been involved in this stuff from the beginning somehow, or was it completely independent?
1: Um, you mean the the products or yeah, w- the what, what product? whatever.
0: Did he did he work as a consultant? Did he tell you what to do or not, or give you some advice, or was he included
1: in the um, development of the product somehow? Or what? Mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. yeah well, well he's he he was not included in the development of of the product but um, um we are very good friends with rolf so I'm, I'm i think i'm probably one of his closest um, um associates uh so we have long discussions long discussions <laughs> um you know every few weeks uh, on the details of of the uh of data visualizations and, and, and things like that. So, uh, so he was, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a constant, um, a constant go-to person for me. Um, we met, we met a lot of times in, in person. So um, a couple of times each year in, in person. And uh, we talk a lot, we discuss a lot. Um, so yeah, um, he's kind of, uh, um, he he's definitely a sort of a mentor for me personally. I mean, uh, his concepts uh, definitely changed changed my life uh, in that way. But but of course he's not he's not involved in uh, in any kind of operational or, or product development or something like that. So he's actually um, he's actually retired now. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. That's that's a really
0: interesting story. Just. Uh, visiting um, a training and uh, immediately afterwards quitting your job that's that's tough
1: <laughs> yeah it, it maybe t- it, t- it took is, it took it t- me years
0: <laughs> took me years to be self employed
1: Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, well, I, I was not I was not that young any uh, at that point anymore. Uh, anyway, you know, so but it just felt right. You know, it just felt mm-hmm. right. I mean, probably for the first time in my professional career, it just felt completely right. And uh, it was, uh, I don't know, for me, it felt like all right now it's probably the you know the last opportunity for me to to create something on my own and uh and really express myself and uh yeah when once i had that clear idea that that's what I want to do. That I want to deal with. Uh, you know, I want to go into the data visualization. I want to do this for my professional living, uh, like eight eight hours a day or or more. Of course, it's more. But <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I guess you know you also need a little bit of luck uh, from here to there. Not uh, yeah. Sometimes it does not work. But uh, I believe if if, if you do. If you do what you really believe in, you know, um, sooner or later, you will probably get results. But even if you don't get the results, you're probably just, you know, it's the only way to to be happy, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely agree with this.
1: Ooh, yeah, I think we're
0: we're done with my questions, and I'm really happy that we got a little bit uh, more personal in the end with your story of um, your personal story of uh, data visualization and Zebra BI. Thanks for this. And um, what can I say? It was a pleasure talking to you, and once again, your visuals are awesome, and I can only wish you even greater success uh, than you already have. And um, I've seen you you recently hired a COO in March back in March uh with a focus on sales so i think um, that that tells a lot and um i'm crossing my fingers uh for for more success and above all stay healthy in those crazy times right now and thank you for your time i really appreciate that
1: thank you lars and thanks to everybody out there stay stay safe stay healthy cheers
0: yeah And uh, thank you for your precious time and interest, those out there who are listening right now. And um, I wish you a wonderful time until we meet again uh, in the next episode. Thanks and goodbye from Hamburg, Lars.